Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Maybe even if you wouldn't like, never heard anybody to open up your Bible. Uh, so if you want to grab a, a pew from, or a pew from the Bible, a Bible from the pew, uh, or your own, <laughs> feel free to flip open to 2 Timothy chapter 1. While we flip to it, I realized that I didn't announce something super, super important. Yesterday, we had work day, and work day went incredibly well. We have an amazing group of believers here who are, are ready to roll up their sleeves and to get work done. Uh, and we had a lot of people who were here, um, and they were, they were working hard. They were getting dirty. They were changing oil. They were painting stuff. They were running wires all throughout the church. There was one servant who was working hard, following behind the mess with a vacuum cleaner, which is also appreciated. You don't want to come into a messy church on Sunday morning. And so, with all of those people working together, it's awesome to see the things that we can get done. If you haven't been down to the basement yet, at some point, maybe today, feel free to swing by and check out the work that's been going on down there. They've torn down a lot of the old wood paneling, put up a whole bunch of fresh drywall. They've started painting some of it. They've got new lights down there so it's not as dark. It doesn't smell musty anymore. Yeah, it's awesome. They're doing a lot of work down there. People are are coming in on Tuesdays on their own free time after they've done a hard day's worth of work from 4 to 7, and they're doing even more work here at the church for free. And the fact that we have people who are willing to do that is just incredible. And we had some other faithful servants, like Brian, who provided donuts. Uh, what would workday be without our 10 o'clock donut break? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we want to thank Brian for that. Um, and Paul Bartley couldn't be here to make this announcement, uh, but he, uh, he was just he was thrilled with how things went yesterday and really just wanted to share with the church uh, what a blessing uh, it is to, to be here and come together and work together. Hopefully you've found 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, if you haven't, you can just look up on the screen. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Let's continue to praise the Lord. Hey, you, you can go ahead and...
When I move out one day, my mom will be very sad. I feel my mom's love in my heart, like, right here. I, I'm feeling it right now. Sometimes I love her, sometimes I don't. When I'm angry, I don't. My mom is everything to me. She just is this ray of energy and sunlight and positivity. The thing that I wish I could have done more of is thanking her. Didn't matter what shape I was in, I could always come home to mom. My mom was basically the glue that held me together. When I left the Philippines, I knew that my son will be in good hands because I know my mom will take care of him. My mom is kind of smart, you know, dad's smart. If I would say like one to ten, it would be a five. Maybe my poor dad got the raw end of the deal, but I do remember my mother saying to him when there was an argument about something I'd done, she says, you don't want to hurt her spirit. I remember that. My mom was diagnosed with uh, a really rare disease about 12 hours before she died. So we didn't get a lot of time to, to talk or to say goodbye, but she did get to say that she loved me, which were her last words. Uh, and I cherish that because I have I've been able to hang on to it. I'm probably going to say to my mom, you're a wonderful person. And you're my mentor. I tie an invisible string to my heart and she ties the same one to her heart and it's always attached together. My mother, she struggled a lot with addiction. Sorry, I'm getting upset. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. You know, you have partners, you have friends, you have kids, um, but there is nobody else who um, who will ever care about you as much. My son now always tells me, I love you, Mama. But for 48 years, you realize I didn't say I love you to my mom. I can think of three words. I forgive you. You were good, Mom. You did really good. Thank you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Hey, Chelsea, if moms got paid, how much do you think they should get paid in a year for being a mom? Maybe a hundred dollars. I'm loud. Okay. Yeah.
So, but seriously though, not everybody had the best relationship with their mom. Not everybody had a mom who was present. There might be some people here who never had a chance to meet their mom. That can be hard. For those people, Mother's Day might be a bitter holiday where they have a little bit of resentment, where they have a little bit of anger. Or there might be people who lost their mom and it just makes them sad because they wish that their mom was still around today so that they could say, I love you, mom. Or like the woman in the video whose mother struggled with addiction, maybe I forgive you, mom. That doesn't make it easy. Now for me, I'm blessed, right? My mom's still around. Uh, She had me when she was super young uh, and still managed to um, put up with me, uh, and so she, she just turned 40, uh, not that long ago, um, and, uh, so I, I will likely be blessed to have her around for a long time, but I mean, nothing's guaranteed, um, but I'm, I'm blessed with that. I'm blessed to live in the same town as my mom. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, 25 minute drive, um, sometimes 23 if my foot's a little heavy that day. Sometimes 27 if traffic's bad, but, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. Moms can be a blessing. I mean, that's why we have a whole day for them, right? Where we try and spoil them and focus on them. I think every kid at some point asks their parents, well, when's kid's day? There's there's Mother's Day, there's Father's Day. When's kid's day? Exactly. So today I want to talk about two mothers who are given some really great, um, really great praise from Paul himself. Um, But first we're going to start and talk a little bit about Paul and Timothy. So, Paul at this point was in jail. And so he was writing to Timothy, who was sort of his apprentice, I guess you could say. But he was more than that. In fact, in this very, uh, in this very passage, in verse 2, anybody open to it? It says, to Timothy, my dear son. So Paul and Timothy, they had something close. They had something special. And in this passage, we hear about Timothy's mother and we hear about Timothy's grandmother. Who don't we hear about? His dad, which is kind of weird because if you think about other people in the Bible, oftentimes we're introduced to them as so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, insert father's name here. Yet with Timothy, we don't even hear his dad's name, period. We don't know if he's dead. We don't know if he's out of the picture. We don't know if he's just not a believer and hasn't been a good influence on him. We don't know that. But that's kind of strange in this culture and in this, this time frame where we're often introduced to people, and sometimes they're even named, so that their name indicates that they are the son of their father. So here, we're not introduced to his actual father. Paul calls him his son now. So I just wanted to hit that point home and, and kind of give that as a little backdrop before we scoot into these next verses because 
They were close. The next thing he says is he's praying for him. Verse 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did. With a clear conscience, as night and day, I remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Paul is longing to see Timothy. Now, we've seen in other letters that Paul really likes visiting people. He really wants to go and see the Romans, and he really wants to go and see Timothy, and he's spending all this time in jail. But with Timothy, we can, we can see that there's something special there. So we don't see Timothy's father, but we see God the Father. In verse 2, after he says to Timothy, my dear son, he says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. The best father figure that we have is God the Father. And Timothy has Paul to look up to as a father figure. But really, the crux of this passage isn't about Timothy's earthly father. We're not given his name. We're not told anything about him. We're focusing on God the Father, a little bit on Paul. But mostly, we're focusing on his mother and his grandmother. I think that that's really cool. When we, when we consider the service of women, oftentimes in the church it's kind of downplayed a little bit. Now oftentimes there's passages where we look at and, and we have different arguments saying, you know, what a woman's role should or should not or could or could not be in the church based off of what the Bible says. And those are earnest debates. Now, I'm not really trying to open that can of worms here, but what I do want to share is how impactful a woman's service can be. Here, Timothy didn't have a father to lead his home as the head of the family, as indicated by the biblical standard. So his mother and his grandmother stepped up and led as godly examples. And I know of some women who have served this church faithfully for a long, long time as mother and grandmother figures to other people in this church. Think about Grandma Sally. Think about Vivian Zaborowski. How many kids have they had go through their Sunday school classes and then had their kids come through their Sunday school classes? That's awesome. That is a huge blessing. And that's just two people I could name off the top of my head immediately like that. There are so many people behind the scenes who have served faithfully, who have stepped up, who have been good examples. And that's in the church. That's not at home. Who knows how many more godly and, and amazing mothers and grandmothers there are out here at Greenfield. Something else that's really encouraging, um, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much because I'll probably start crying a little bit, but Steve and Sarah with their two boys. I mean, Sarah, this is, this is your first Mother's Day with them, right? That's awesome. It was six months on the nose on Easter that they've had them, and so they can, they can start 
getting from the, the foster situation to adoption. That's beautiful. And if you remember what those boys were like six months ago, and what those boys are like now, it's incredible to see how they've grown and how Steve and Sarah have stepped up as, as instant parents just to add water. <laughs> or maybe coffee, or, or I don't even know what keeps them going. <laughs> it's awesome to think of what a godly mother can do. As I was researching for this, uh, I, found some, I found some interesting points that I hadn't even considered. Uh, there's one point where there is uh, a woman of the church listed, I believe it's in the book of Romans, her name's Phoebe. Now, a lot, of, a lot of modern translations interpret her role as being a deaconess, but the word that Paul used is quite literally the same word as for deacon. Now, granted, with their culture and everything, it's likely that her ministry was oriented specifically towards women. Um, in a lot of cultures, even still today, men and women are quite separate. Um, if you've ever, for any reason, visited a mosque, the women have one side of the building all to themselves. Uh, oftentimes, it's in a closed room where they're not even in with the men. Um, it's, it's still a reality in some cultures today that the men and women, they're, they're completely separated. And there are some things that it just wouldn't be appropriate for, like, Dan and I to go and do. Um, you know, perhaps that might be a certain ministry, or perhaps that might be a hospital visit uh, for, you know, uh, a woman in the women's hospital. Um, depending on the, the nature of whatever procedure it was that was done, it might not really be that appropriate or comfortable for someone like Dan or I to go. Whereas a woman from the church could go and visit, uh, and it would be a powerful moment and a good thing. But regardless, her role, as designated by Paul, was that of service. And we see other women leaders throughout the Bible as well, like Lydia, who held like a church in her courtyard. So I want you guys to take a moment to think. If your mom was a positive influence, obviously, thank her today, right? Today's Mother's Day. But maybe you didn't have the best mom, or maybe you never met your mom, or maybe your mom wasn't that present. But did you have someone like a Grandma Sally or a Vivian Zaborowski in your life? And if you didn't, now, if you're a woman, I want to plug the Secret Sisters thing. Uh, if you look in your bulletin, I think they're having their tea party coming up in just a couple of weeks. And that is, it's, it's a really interesting ministry for women. What they do is they pray for each other, and kind of like in a secret Santa sort of way, you have someone that you are given the name of. And you are specifically supposed to pray for that individual. And occasionally, you know, you'll get them like a little card or a little gift of some sort. And they exchange it and they leave it on a little table back there in the narthex. Which is, if, if you're not familiar with the word, I wasn't either when I came here. It's, it's the lobby behind the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, that confused the living daylights out of me. I came here, and people were talking about the narthex, and I was like, what in the world is a narthex? It's like a yeah, it's like a vestibule, <laughs> which is like a lobby. <laughs> anyway. 
I do digress. So the Secret Sisters is a really cool ministry to be encouraged by other women if you're a woman. Now, if you're a guy, that's a little bit more sensitive, right? And it might be a little bit strange, but um, perhaps you could encourage someone. Perhaps you could pray for someone. We have a group that meets up monthly called WOWs, which stands for Widows or Widowers. Uh, And it's largely widows and widowers who meet up and they have lunch together, typically here at the church or sometimes in the summertime they go to uh, the Greenfield Park out, um, out on Station Road out there. And they just meet up and they have lunch and they kind of hang out and they talk. And if perhaps you're a guy and you didn't have a good mother figure, that would be a good place to go to encourage someone, to meet someone new, and to feel encouraged yourself. Because for the most part, they are people who are of the retirement age um, and they don't necessarily get out a whole lot all the time. That's not to say that they're, that they're lonely old people who don't have lives. Not by any means. No, they're great, sweet people. They're wonderful. But if you perhaps didn't have that mother figure growing up, that could be a great way to feel encouraged and to encourage someone else here at Greenfield. Moms are powerful. If you had a good one, or the world's best one like me, It's a blessing, but I know that not everybody had that opportunity. Timothy obviously had a pretty good mother and grandmother. Paul commends them. He says in verse 5, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. He saw the faith of those two women and the way that they lived their lives, the way that they served, the way that they believed. And it started with his grandmother. Now, if you think about it, at this time, when Paul's writing to Timothy, it was early into Christianity, like the first 20, 30 years of Christianity. Even though people didn't live as long and they got married younger, it's very, very unlikely that Lois was converted into Christianity as a child and then grew up and then had a kid and then passed that on to her kid and took her to church and dropped her off at Sunday school and, you know, donated $5 at the bake sale on the second Sunday of the month. It's very unlikely that it happened that way. What's likely is that Lois believed in the truth and in spite of not at that time really raising her kid, but her daughter, likely being an adult, still shared the faith with her. And then her daughter shared her faith with her son, Timothy, because Timothy was old enough to be recommended to pastor a church. That's what these letters are. They're encouragement from Paul to someone that he trained up to be a leader in the church. So Timothy obviously wasn't just a little kid. Now, it does say at one point, don't let others look down at you for your youth or for your young age. 
So he wasn't really old, but he wasn't a kid either. Well, Kelly might call him a kid, but that's a bit of a different story, right? So that faith was one where they were, as Paul likes to say, not ashamed of the gospel. They were ready to share the gospel with their adult family members. That's kind of tough. Now, I know some of you, and I I wouldn't name the Bartlett family for anything right now, some of you might have grown up in the church your whole life, and you go to church with most of your family every Sunday. But that's not the case for everyone here. I'm certain of it. Because I know, at least for me, that there are some unbelievers in my family. Or some people, if they are believers, who are not living up to their faith. These women had the courage to speak the truth, to share the gospel with their family members. And Paul recognized that and saw that as being powerful and said, I am sure that with those women in your life, that your faith is ready, that your faith is strong, that it lives in you. I think it's important to look for those positive examples. And like I said, if you don't have a positive example, look around here at Greenfield for them, because you're going to find them if you look. There's a lot of people, a lot of men and a lot of women, who are living out their faith here at Greenfield. I don't know about you guys, but I know that when I'm trying to learn something new, the easiest way is to see somebody else do it and then to do it myself, after them or with their help. For example, a few weeks ago, I went to change my brake pads. And it had been a long time since I had helped my dad change the brake pads on my mom's car because my dad changes vehicles more often than some people change their shoes. Uh, And so... As a result, it had been a while since I'd changed a pair of brake pads. So I didn't remember really how to do it. I knew the basic principle. But once I got the wheel off, I was like, well, I want to make sure that I don't screw something up. Because if there's anything on your car that's going to work, that you want to work, it's going to be your brakes. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't break my brakes. So what did I do? Naturally, as someone in their 20s with access to the internet, I hopped on YouTube. And I watched a two-minute video of how to change your brake pads, and I did it, and I was like, oh yeah, you've got to compress the caliper with a clamp. Now, that seems like a, the, uh, Ken, you must, be, you must be a pretty strong feller. <laughs> you make it work, huh? All right. Well, I used, I used C-clamps in my old brake pads to, yeah, to hold the piston in. But anyway. I watched somebody else do it to make sure I didn't screw up my car, and then I followed suit. If you don't have a positive example to look to, to learn how to do it the right way, look around here. There's a lot of people who are really living out their faith. Now, I'm really hitting home the female influence today because it's Mother's Day, but there's also a lot of guys around here 
who are good, godly men. And you know what? They're not perfect. My mom, my mom is not perfect. I will, I will be honest. She might be the world's best mom, but that doesn't mean that she's a perfect mom. There's sometimes where she makes mistakes. There's sometimes where she burns herself while cooking dinner and says a bad word. It happens. I, I, I know, it's shocking, right? That something like that could happen to a human being who's not perfect. But yeah, that, that happens sometimes at, at, at my parents' house. But you know what? She's still a great influence, and she's meant a lot to me in my life. So I want to encourage you to think. If you look at your Connect card on the back with the little three points, if you haven't learned something from your mom, if your mom wasn't the best influence, I want you to think about somebody who you have learned from, who has been a positive influence, who you can thank. Because I bet you if you told that person Happy Mother's Day, even if they're not a mother, and you explain to them that they felt like a mom to you, I bet that would really mean a lot to them. So I want to encourage you to think about that today. And you know what? Maybe that person in your mind isn't around anymore. That's possible too. Something I would encourage you to do in that situation is to sit down and write a letter like they were still around. Maybe you can't give it to them. Maybe you can't watch them read it. But getting those words down, I think it's important to express gratitude, especially on a day like today. The next thing Paul encourages Timothy to do is to fan into flame the gift of God. You guys ever tried to light a fire? Get a fire going. So it's interesting. When the fire's too small, like on a candle, if you blow on it, it goes out. But once the fire's going, if you blow on it, that makes it stronger. I want to encourage you guys to make sure that your gifts, the things that God's given you, the things that God's blessed you with, as I almost named the sermon title, but Dan, Dan dissuaded me from, using what your mama gave you. Huh? Yeah? Yeah, he decided that that was a little too tongue-in-cheek for the sermon title. So I didn't go with that. But Using the things that you've been given, the things that you've been taught, the things that you've learned, to fan into flame, to encourage, to grow, to, if I want to use one of those big fancy words, to catalyze your faith. Faith is something that's a lot like a fire. Because if you don't do anything with it, it won't stay there. If you don't feed a fire, it dies. It goes out. Unless you're in California. If you don't feed a fire, it goes out. If you don't feed your faith, it goes out. You got to use your gifts. You got to put it to work. There were a lot of people here yesterday doing good work here around the church, and it was awesome to see. I already said that, so I'm not going to dwell too long on that. But I want to encourage you guys to fan into flame 
the gifts that were given you. Now, Paul emphasizes that the gifts that were given to Timothy were given by a laying of hands. By praying over him. Our church is powered by prayer. I love, excuse me, I love the fact that every Sunday morning, unless it's like super crazy busy and we're running like 15 minutes late already, we stop and we share our prayer requests with one another. Our joys and our burdens together. Now here Paul was anointing Timothy with a gift, which is a different sort of prayer. But we kind of do that here at Greenfield too. A few weeks ago, we had our senior banquet where we bring together all of the teens who are graduating high school and we pray over them and we give them a challenge to move forward and we give them gifts. We give them a, we give them a study Bible and we give them cupcakes and sometimes they steal your cupcakes. If you were there, you'd understand. I'm not going to single out who stole my cupcake, but someone stole my cupcake. Okay, yeah, somebody else will single them out. Yeah, it was Connor Haggerty. It was hilarious, though, because I didn't realize he stole my cupcake. I was up there. I was speaking about him. I was giving him his challenge, and then I realized that he'd moved seats, and he was sitting where I was sitting, and he was eating a cupcake, and my cupcake was not on the plate where I had left it, and it dawned on me halfway through. That was so funny. He, he really did catch me off guard there. But we give them gifts that are way more important than cupcakes. We gave them each a little coin. And the coin on it had the armor of God listed. And we challenged them to make sure that they put on the full armor of God. That they were stepping up in their faith. And we gave them each a specific challenge based on, on who they are, on what they're planning on doing as they move forward, on their experience and their faith, on what we knew about them, to challenge them to move forward specifically. That's important. And if you don't know what your gifts are, or you feel like you need some of that encouragement, feel free to talk to me, or to Dan, or to one of the deacons. We want to fan into flame your faith. We want to encourage you. We want you to grow. We want you to thrive. And it takes work. And it takes a team. That's what church is for. It's for encouraging one another. It's for sharing. It's for growing. Evangelism is for when we're out and about. It's for when we're doing outreach. But here on a typical Sunday morning, that's for growth and encouragement and community. For building our faith. Lastly, Paul wraps up this little snippet by talking about what the spirit is like. He said it's not a spirit of timidity, of fear, of anxiety, we are given a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. I want to encourage you guys this week to focus on the power that God's given you. 
on the love that he's given us through his Holy Spirit and self-discipline. Now, that might look different in each and everybody's life, right? Some people need self-discipline to prevent themselves from stealing other people's cupcakes. Yeah, I'm not singling anyone out there with that one. Some people need self-discipline to get up in the morning with a good attitude. There, I'm singling out myself now, so it's not just Connor. We all have different things to work on in our lives. We're all sinful in different ways. But we're encouraged in that the temptations, the struggles that we face, they're only ones that are common to man. Meaning, even though you might feel alone, you're not alone. My last word of encouragement is actually from a different passage. This is my favorite slide up there. I, I, one, I, I think that they're just adorable and kind of hilarious because look at the baby chicks. They're like a little triangle. They're just funny. But one of my favorite one of my favorite passages in the New Testament is right when Jesus is giving the woes over Jerusalem and talking about the Pharisees and all the sinfulness that's going on, how the world isn't how it's supposed to be. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. Jesus even though he's a you know, full-grown man, as we see him in all the pictures, you know, he had long hair and a beard, right? Even though he was a man, he compares himself to a little mother hen because he wants to gather us together, to love us, to cover us with his wings. That's a picture that's used throughout the Bible many, many times, like in the Psalms. I want to encourage you to take shelter under the wings of Jesus. And if you don't know what that looks like, I want to invite you to come and talk to myself. Go and talk to one of your deacons. And if you don't know who those are, in the back of your church directory, there's a piece of paper that's a different color. I think it's green this year. I'm not 100% certain, but I think it's green this year. Ah, it is green. Nice. And it's got a list of all the people on the different boards, the deacons, the deaconesses, the board of missions. Um, I think it's even got some of the committees. So that you can reach out to those people. And if you don't have a directory, you can just come talk to me. That's fine. But if you don't want to talk to me or you don't want to talk to Dan, if you think that's weird, if you're nervous about it, there's other people who are great examples to look to. And I want to encourage you to take faith and to cling to Jesus, to take shelter under his wings, like a little baby chick with her mother hen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the blessing of being in your house, of the love that you share with us, of the fact that you want to shelter us under your wings like a mother hen. We thank you for our earthly mothers. We thank you for the faithful women of this church. And we pray that you would help us 
to look to those godly examples, to live by example, to fan our faith into flame, and to take shelter under your wings. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.